Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good morning. We're back at it on this Saturday morning welcoming your real estate questions either by phone or by text. And before we uh, say hi to Chris and Andy, let me give you the phone number and the text number. And in case you do happen to have a real estate related question, 651-989-9226. And the text number is 81807. Good morning, guys. Good to see you again. Good morning. Good morning. And we have everybody healthy now. I mean, I'm, kind of, I'm, kind of, I'm back. It was a rough week. I'll you're not you. 100%, but you're almost there. I'm, I'm getting there. All right. Now, did that affect your the business week? I would imagine a little bit on your end. Uh, Seriously, that flu thing? I, yeah. You couldn't even think straight. I mean, yeah. you couldn't do nothing. You think on some off time when you're sitting at home, you know, you get some of that work done, but. Uh, no chance. And Andy's going to say something here. No, I was not going to say nothing. You're, when you're sick, I'm not going to pick on you. But how was how was the week, though? I mean, Chris, we know you were kind of laid up for a while there, but how about, how about you, Andy? Well, you know, we were uh, consistently busy. Uh, a lot of my business now in today's world is. New construction, and we, as you know, a lot of us today at noon, we launched the Parade of Homes uh, for the spring preview, and which is very exciting. It's probably one of the largest quantity of uh, homes that we've seen. I think it's over 400, 488 or something like that. Wow, is that right? The yeah. book is a lot thicker this it's year. It's a lot thicker wow. this year, so there's a lot more to look at. So, And a lot of that's uh, very, you know, I think indicative of the fact that there's no inventory out there, and builders are trying to get the, you know, the, the inventory out there in front of the consumer. and. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, I think the big challenge, though, Denny, is the uh, getting it out there in an affordable manner. There's a lot of people that want new construction that aren't quite capable of reaching it financially, or they don't want to reach it. You know, they want to stay under a certain budget. Right. And uh, yeah, so that's probably the biggest challenge in that market. But that launches today, so get out there uh, before the snow. And uh, what numbers are you going to be at? I, we've got like seven of them. I'll look them up. Okay. I, I uh, bring them next week. Hey. <laughs> it's a fun time of year, though. I probably forgot. Why would you, I was, why would you we know? were so busy running, getting ready, and you know, setting up signage and getting brochures printed, and it, uh, you know, but yeah. Spring preview starts, but we're going to talk investment properties today. Investment properties, yeah. Okay. We get, right. uh, but you can ask the listener can ask any kind of real estate question. Of yeah. course, yeah. Okay. yeah. And they're they're also lucky because Anton Cheskis is here. He is our attorney, so he is in the house, so they can ask him a bunch of questions, but he's going to be able to help us out uh, on the investment properties. We're going to kind of get into, you know, LLC ownerships, unlawful attainers, rent escrow. We've talked to, Andy and I have talked about that, mm. uh, different issues landlords run into. And then, uh, do, you, do you know this answer? Can you kick out a renter in the middle of the winter if it's under 20 degrees? I guess you're leading me on that one. I'd say no, the way that you put it. <laughs> Since I'm such a gentle soul, <laughs> I would say never. Was it the 20 degrees thing I threw in there? Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, qualifier, so 20 but, degrees. Yeah, there's, that's kind it's of 25, a misnomer. You're out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, they can't shut the utilities off, but uh, we'll mm. talk a little bit about that huh. later. And then uh, Travis Whitford, one of the big things is people um, that stops people from getting into investment properties is knowing how to finance them. And there's actually a lot of good uh, – financing opportunities uh, to be able to do that and people who have had uh, rental properties for a long time. You know, we kind of got stuck in that equity wasn't there, but uh, it's a little easier to refinance than uh, it once was before as well. So a couple things. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think this would be a good show. The, you know, the um, the big part about what we were talking about earlier too. You know, talking about the week and what's going on, Danny. We were reading the regs this week, and we were looking at a second month of not as exciting numbers, which is kind of showing us that the inventory is actually going to be down a little bit this year. And actually, we were looking at numbers that were as low as nineteen ninety nine. Um, it's, it's drying up there and this is our, we're down 4.4% year over year for sales so far from last year. So it's, the pond is getting smaller guys. There's less, you know, inventory out there and it's, I'm telling you, you gotta be smart. Those that have properties now are holding onto them because like we're going to talk about today, the investment opportunity is, is, is really looking still fantastic. And so let's, uh, yeah, kind of dive into that. Yeah. So again, we got Anton Cheskis. He's an attorney with uh, Hugh Miller and Gontark uh, out of Prior Lake. And uh, actually, uh, Anton, you were just named uh, Rising Star in Super Lawyers Magazine. I was. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So so we have a star here. Andy, you're, you're something too at the start of the show. It says you're something. Super agent or something. Come on, man. <laughs> but you are. I don't put that stuff together. I just sit here and smile when it plays. You are. One of the big things, too, is when you're talking about inventory and stuff, other interest rates have risen, Travis. You know, I mean, we're almost up a full percent. I mean, probably two, three months ago. Yeah, pretty much. And the rates are actually at the, the highest level they've been since January of uh, 2014. So we've been, uh, they're still great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you can still get in the fours. Um, unfortunately, it's a little closer to five than four, but uh, I mean, historically, it's still a great rate. I mean, mm-hmm. I think over the last fifty years, the the average rate has been like you know eight and a half. Yeah. So, right. well, Chris, you and I have talked about we've been around long enough to where we remember back when rates in the early two thousands. I think it was two thousand and three. For one day, they dipped down to four point seven five, and everybody locked in on their loans, and it was unbelievable. And you couldn't. It was like you got free money, right? That's higher than what we're talking about today, what we're complaining about today. So, right. you know, the, the market's fantastic. Rates, money's on sale. It's, a, it's still a wonderful time to buy and take advantage of the lower payments. And, and anyway. I think a lot of people, I think, get, get caught up in that, hey, here's where that rate is. But there's a number of different programs that mm-hmm. people can do to still get, you know, maybe rates into the threes still, you know, at shorter term Products. Yeah, shorter term programs. Uh, uh, arms might still have uh, some some rates in the threes. You know, you can always pay discount points to buy down interest rates to to get a little, little bit lower rate. So there's 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 still feasibility to to get low rates or lower than what's kind of posted. Yeah. Before we get in kind of the investment talk, which we'll do uh, next segment, there's a text message and it says. What drives people to resell houses after living in them less than five years, not including relocation? I mean, we see that a lot. Divorce, death, family growing, you know, I mean, there's a lot. Opportunity. Opportunities or you just, you got that big promotion and now you're going to buy the house you really wanted. We've seen people in the last two or three years that have gotten, I mean, a big equity push in there and they want to move it to that that next level. They got enough down payment to be able to kind of move off to the next one. Um, Growing families, exactly. Job, well, job changes and they said not relocation, but Mm -hmm. um, sometimes job changes happen where you got to kind of redo a different job or a lifestyle too, even if you're not moving out of the country or moving out of the state. Yeah, but shoot across the uh, downtown market here in the middle of rush hour once and you'll decide you want to move to. I mean, it can be a battle. Some of these people that run from, I've got clients of mine that have built up in Blaine and they have offices in Eden Prairie and sounds like a great idea until they move into the house and then the one spouse is ready to move to Eden Prairie and it's it's natural to think, oh, it'll work out. 
sitting in your car an hour and a half, hour and a, you know, each way is is horrible. And so considerations of like your relocation of your job, even if it's not out of the city, you might be in the same city, different branch of the same company and, and may consider the spur to want to move. I think that's another – what another thing happens is that exactly what you're talking about is when people are like cabins. They're getting they're getting rid of the cabin. They're getting rid of the house. They're kind of doing a you know hey let's get a pool or let's live on the lake here, mm-hmm. and because we don't have time to do all that other stuff. That's very true. So, should we take a break? Let's yep. do that we'll again. Back. Inviting our listeners uh, to join in on the conversation if you have a real estate question six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or send us a text eight one eight zero seven. We've moved to uh, 18 degrees in the Twin Cities on the way to 31 for a daytime high today. Same for tomorrow. The difference is one to three inches of snow possible today and maybe overnight through early tomorrow morning, another three to five inches. Again, here on CCO, it's 18. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show here on 830-WCCO. Chris and Andy, if you're just joining us, uh, brought a couple of uh, guests with them. And uh, let's let's uh, bring them back into the picture. Here. We brought our Super Lawyers Magazine rising star, Anton Cheskis, to kind of talk about, uh, you know, maybe, first of all, being uh, being a landlord, you know, um, and, and what that takes. And a lot of people become landlords, and when they do, they form an LLC. Why do they do that? Sure. Um it's a really nice uh, vehicle to own real estate. And a lot of people sometimes don't really know what the difference is between just owning it individually or owning real estate through an LLC. The main advantage that you get if you put real estate property into an LLC is personal liability protection. So if there's an issue with that property, an issue with one of your tenants or a guest or a neighbor, whatever the issue ends up being, your personal assets are protected from any litigation against that property. So a lot of people will own multiple real estate or excuse me multiple properties into separate um, LLCs so if you own 123 Main Street you'll form 123 Main Street LLC and then any liability that you might have from that property is protected and shielded for only the assets of that property you know there are some uh, some disadvantages to that number 1 you have to file separate uh, tax filings for each one of those LLCs i know i've do that. It costs a little more money, but again, if it ever comes back to haunt you, you know, you're at least it's just one property that's getting attacked. It's not your other ones. Absolutely. Um, as far as the liability protection, now if you've got single member LLCs, though that income should go straight onto your 1040 tax return. You know, it's a pass through entity. It's disregarded for federal tax purposes. So really, if it's just you owning that property. Um, then yeah, you don't you don't even have to do a separate tax return. Now, if you own it with multiple people, um, then yeah, you're gonna have to do a separate return. But it really is a small inconvenience, I suppose, to pay for the enormous um, asset protections that you can get from it. Yeah, you know, you you get to see a lot of the the problems after the fact and and get to deal with them uh, with people. What would you say um, are some of the issues that landlords run into? Or uh, typically, uh, the same thing happens usually when you do. Certain things. I, I usually think it's who you pick as a renter, number one. Yeah, the the uh, the renter um, selection I think is a huge process to this because you get you you know you talk to people and you that are landlords and you get just great um, experiences with really great uh, tenants who pay their bills on time, who never have an issue, who will work with you regarding repairs, and then you get the uh, the phone call at. 2.30 in the morning about a light bulb being out saying, I don't want to pay rent this month because of it. You, you, know, you get the whole, the whole gamut. So if you can select renter, uh, landlord, excuse me, um, 
tenants on the front end, um, you'll go a long way towards eliminating a lot of your um, a lot of your problems. How about having the right forms, you know, and leases? Yeah, a uh, good written lease that is tailored to Minnesota law is huge. Um, I see a lot of internet leases and a lot of leases from the national companies that are not specific enough or have clauses that have, are illegal in Minnesota. Um, if you if you want to kill a lot of your problems on the front end, get work with a Minnesota real estate agent, get a good written lease that applies to Minnesota. It is. It's, I'll tell you, it's so important. There's another thing that a lot of people don't do, and it's called the drug-free, crime-free addendum that you have to have along with your lease in case somebody's doing something illegally out of there. Yeah, there's an addendum that we use in Minnesota that um, if there is a drug issue, um, there's an expedited eviction process that uh, you can take advantage of, but it's got to be in your lease and it's got to be a separate addendum. Um, and again, in any Minnesota real estate attorney should be able to help you with that. No, I was always told too that if you if you knowingly there's someone in your house doing drugs or or doing something illegally, that as a landlord, if you don't take care of that or or go after them, that they could come after and and take your house from you. Is that true? <laughs> That's a good question. I haven't had that case specifically yet. I mean, I you know. Um, I would certainly advise you to, you know, take care of that on the front end. Um, I had one. I had a rental property um, that we were trying to sell. It was on acreage, and uh, we put it up for rent. And I had a guy come in, and he he comes in. And he goes straight downstairs to the furnace room, and he looks at it, and he's like, "Yep, awesome. I'll take it." I'm like, "Do you want to see the kitchen I just redid?" You know, and he didn't look at that at all. And I'm like, he wanted it, and he filled out an application right there, and. And I'm like, okay, this is just too weird, you know. Well, did a background check on him. Nothing showed up. And then I talked to a, a police friend of mine, and they were able to find that this guy was getting uh, that was getting charged for meth production. And it was something to do with the furnace and the electrical that he and that it was private enough that uh, well, let's just say we didn't rent to him. But uh, that, that's a that's a scary thing because I've had clients that have had that and had meth um, production, and we see that on the disclosure statements now too. That if you have that, you well, you got to clean out everything. I mean, it's pretty pretty intensive. And that's a mandatory disclosure. That's not something um, a disclosure alternative you can get out of if if you know of previous meth production on the property, you have to disclose that. Yeah. And those are some of the scary parts, of, I mean, obviously about being a landlord. I was going to say, that's your pep talk on being yeah. a, a landlord. Who wants to buy one? <laughs> but yeah, obviously there's, well, people have created a lot of wealth through them. and drug use. And, yeah. No, you know, here's the thing, Chris. You know, we've talked about this before, but on a, on a light note, let's say you do, like the topic we just talked about, you, you have that job across town. Maybe you do want to try renting on the other side of town and you want to rent out your house on the other side of town and not necessarily sell it. For a couple reasons, you know, you might actually have a situation where you want to ride the appreciation, like we're seeing right now. You, that's a great vehicle to make, you know, an appreciation on. You can also look at it from the perspective of if you have any deferred maintenance. So let's say that you have a house you want to move on, and you don't have the the money to do it, and you need that equity to come back. And renters usually aren't as picky as as home buyers would be. So somebody will come in and it may be a dated house. They'll say, "This is great. Let's rent this place. It's clean. It's nice." They don't care if it's dated versus you know when you sell it, they pick on you. So. Um, those are some other reasons that a lot of people become landlords as well. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Tell you what, let's uh, get a call from Jeff, then we'll uh, take our break. But Jeff calling from Hudson. Go ahead, Jeff. What's your question, please? 
Hey, I got a question. We're looking at selling our house. I had an agent come out and take a look at it. She says she can get 225 for it or up to 250 if there's a bidding war. I'm kind of confused on how a bidding war would happen. Shouldn't If somebody offers our asking price, shouldn't we jump on it right away and, and sell it to them? How how do you wait to see if somebody's going to you know bid against them and, and raise the price? Well, that's called speculation, Jeff, and I, I, I think it's a dangerous game to be playing right now. With, with today's market, I just like I was just telling you guys, the market is slowing down a little bit. We've seen two months repeatedly now where we've seen slower sales. You need to be a smart seller. You need to price that house for what it's worth and be okay with getting what it's worth. It's That pushing it, that extra five or $10,000 can backfire on you immensely right now, and then nobody bids on your house. So the, the idea of pricing it lower intentionally, what will happen is if you were, if I was buying your house, I'd write you at what you're listed at. I wouldn't write you over that unless I knew there was, I was forced to bid higher because why would you pay more if you don't have to? So if there's only one person looking at the house, they're going to pay you what you listed for. And so I suggest listing it for what it's actually worth. But yeah, and what it's actually worth. A lot of people don't do that. And so if it's really worth that 225, someone might go 239.9 because they think someone wants to come in and negotiate. When you go to 225, it becomes emotional to someone. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they start pushing the price up. I just had one where we had eight offers on it, yep. you know, and the price got pushed almost $15,000. Well, and that game used to be played all the time too, where they can't fight with the appraisals because they come in, they overbid on the house. They know it's worth what it was listed at, but they overbid. They can't get it appraised. Now you're renegotiating. So if you are, Jeff, going to get in that situation, good for you. If you get more than you want and just make sure you put a clause in there that states that whatever over appraised price, they'll be paying in cash. So you have no appraisal issues in the future. Okay. Tell you what, let's take a break. We have got another half hour of the show to go. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. 18 degrees weather straight ahead. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on A3OWCC. If you want to get involved, if you have a real estate type of question, again, by phone, 651-989-9226 or text 81. 81- 807. Chris and Andy? Travis Whitford, Bay Equity Home Loans is with us and we're going to talk a little about investment financing, uh, investing in the properties and that typically that's, uh, I mean, one to four units. Anything over four units? It has to go commercial financing. It's a, it's a commercial so, yeah, financing thing. Conventional so. financing is all four units or less. Okay. So how much money do we need down? Depends on if it's a single family or a two to four unit, but on a on a purchase transaction on a single family, the minimum down is uh, 15%. If you go to two to four unit, um, putting 25% down. Okay. So, I mean, not horrible. What if what happens if you have multiple properties? So I'm I'm a how many can I own as an investor? Yeah, so the rules change a little bit. Once you get over seven units, seven to ten units, it's a there's a little different change. Um, when you get into that uh, you you still have the same down payment requirements, but but the the credit score has to be significantly better, and the reserve requirements increase. So what reserves are is your cash on hand after closing. You know whether it's just liquid or four hundred one k IRA money, and and depending on how many properties that you own, uh, the reserve requirement is it's all based off of a percentage of your overall mortgage balance that you have between all your properties. Okay. Can you use the rental income of those properties for qualifying? Yes. Okay. 
which is yeah, yeah. The appraiser will do a um, um, an estimated market rent if you don't have a contract or a, a lease already kind of pre-established. Sometimes kind of difficult to do when you don't technically own the house yet. But um, yeah, but you can order uh, uh, with the appraisal. You can have them do a comparative rental analysis, and then we can you can get a certain credit for. Uh, the estimated rents for the area for that property. What if you were like a, a young guy getting started out and wanted to buy a, a duplex and live in one of the sides? Yes. Now, with conventional financing, buying a duplex as a primary residence, you, you still have to put like 15% down. Now, if you don't have that type of uh, down payment, as a as a young kid wanting to live in in, in one side of duplex, uh, the cheapest down payment scenario would be to look at FHA financing. Um, that would only require three and a half percent down, and I believe the max loan amount you can do on a two unit with with FHA it's like four hundred and fifty six thousand or something like that for a two unit property. So, okay. yeah, I know you know I started way back when starting to buy those properties and. Um, ended up having quite a few of them. And I think um, if I had some advice to give to people, what my thing would have been is to keep them close together. I think what happened was is that I went and, you know, as the realtor, I found a deal here and I found a deal there. And when one deal's in um, Brooklyn Park and the other one's in Northfield, you know, that it's it's a little harder to kind of take care of right. those properties. Yep. And it starts costing you more money. So um, concentrating them in a smaller area, I think is a real smart thing in which to do. And I think as a, if you're a young investor or somebody that wants to, uh, you know, kind of get into the game, a, a really good way to acquire properties with a lot less down is to own or occupy it first, live there for a year, then convert it over to a rental because now you're putting primary residence down payment requirements and, and essentially, when you when you buy a house as a primary residence, the the note and mortgage, you know, it's your intention is you're to live there for at least a year, you know. And then after a year, you can convert it. So you can kind of, if you don't have a problem moving, you know, you can convert over, you know, convert the property to a rental and accumulate properties that way by not having to put quite as much down. Good point. And Chris, to your point about keeping properties in the same area, keep in mind that if you're going to rent that property out, some cities, especially in the metro, have their own separate rental ordinances that are specific to the city. So if you are you get familiar with Hopkins, for example, or Minneapolis, it's going to be a lot easier for you to navigate those rental waters um, than if you're just coming in. It's a great point for a beginning investor to be able to look into that in cities because there's different requirements in certain cities that make it hard. I mean, like Minneapolis, you have to shovel the sidewalk. You know, who's going to do that? I mean, there's, those are costs. 651-989-9226. Guys, let's go to the phones. Yvonne is calling from Cottage Grove. Yvonne, you're on CCO. Yes, I'd like to know what's considered as a good credit score. Travis? Uh, yeah, um, with, in the world of mortgages, to not have any negative adjustments to affect your interest rate, uh, 740 is, is that, uh, is that the top of the food chain. Um, as far as what's considered a good credit score, I mean, you know, still low 700s is still, I think, a very solid credit score. You know, tops that you can get is 850. Um, I personally, in my 20 years of uh, pulling credit, I don't think I've ever seen an 850. Uh, I think I've seen a couple 830s, but that, that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty hard to get perfect. You know, one, we got a couple twi- text questions here about what it costs to form an LLC. Anton? 
Yeah, the registration fee with the state is pretty cheap. It's one hundred and fifty-five dollars, um, and then if you if you go the extra mile and you get the correct documents, um, that just depends, you know, who you use. Um, but you know, you're looking. It should be south of a thousand dollars for sure to to really have all your ducks in a row, have it registered with the state. Um, so again, it's it's pretty um, it's a pretty inexpensive way to really shield your liability. You got another tax question. Would it be a good idea to buy one of these and rent it out to students? Lots of these in St. Cloud. Go Huskies. Shameless plug. Uh, I'm a Husky, so that's not shameless. That's my brother so, Matt. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, how about buying uh, rentals in college towns? Fantastic idea. I mean, they're a lot of money doing it. They do. There's great money to be made if you can get them. I know that, like, uh, there's, I think, the four big families around the University of Minnesota that have pretty much every property tied up except for the big corporate apartments that are there. But there's, um, it, very it's a, rare do they come available. That's buy. what I'm trying to say. It, so that's a very great idea. And they, oh, the kids will go to college, and I'm going to go buy a house down there. What Chris just said, though, listen to what the guy said. He's got a lot of experience with this. When you own a house down in Mankato or Rochester or somewhere that's not within you know 15 minutes of your house, when that item breaks and you don't have a maintenance company, it's your drive. So even with the college kid being there, I I don't know. I'd be careful. And then there's lots of zoning too. I know that. Uh, a lot of families I've known that we've helped refer to buy those houses. There are pockets where you can do college kid rentals, if you will, and then there's areas that you cannot. So you got to be careful. Check with the city as well. Now, the other thing is, too, is we've had a lot of management companies on here that can certainly take care of that stuff for you as well. You know, And in the end, I'll tell you what, they don't charge a heck of a lot of money in which to be able to take that off you, you know. I mean, you're maybe pay, paying 1200 bucks a year to be able to have your property watched. It's well, well worth it. I would just say on that, do your research. You know, there's good management companies and bad, just like there's good lawyers and bad. Um, there, I've had uh, litigation with management companies before um, where, you know, they, they were cashing checks and that's kind of about all they did. Um, and I've had really great experiences with other management companies too. Yeah, and what kind of, I mean, obviously there's a contract between the two, but I mean, have you seen where, I mean, they've been, the management companies have been very liable and, I mean, totally screwing up things for the landlord or more just that, hey, we just take the money and we run? I've seen both. You know, I've, I've definitely, um, I've worked with some of the larger ones um, that really I've, I've just had a really bad experience with where, again, they, you know, it felt like they were cashing checks. It felt like um, they were... Um, not really stepping up to the plate when it you know it came time to to make decisions to um, take action to you know get tenants in and out um, and you know some of the I feel like maybe it's just a personal bias but I feel like some of the smaller ones that are that have a little more skin in the game that are more um, in, in tune to the to the local area um, tend to tend to do a little better job but again I you know there's there's ways to research those companies just like there's ways to research realtors and attorneys so yeah. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people out there that own properties uh, right now, investment properties, and maybe looking to refinance. Um, what kind of equity do we need into these properties now to refinance them? Um, depends. Uh, what what type of refinancing that you're doing, if you want to do cash out and, or a rate and term refinance, but and, and uh, if it's a single family or a two to four unit. But um, let's talk cash out for starters. Um, on, a, on an investment property to cash out refinance, you're limited to 75% loan to value, um, meaning 75% of the appraised value um, for a maximum loan amount. And if it's a two to four unit, you're capped at uh, 70% of, uh, of the value of the house. Now, um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this HARP uh, program over the years. It means they advertise a lot on radio. 
Um, that's a that's a, a, ref, a rate and term refinance option if your loan is eligible. Um, for the loan to be eligible, it had to have closed um, by June first, two thousand nine, and it would have had to have been um, backed by uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. And if you have one of those eligible loans, uh, loan to value really doesn't come into play at all. But so if Andy wants to buy a, a investment property, but he needs to borrow the money from his his mother and father. Can he do that to buy an investment property? <laughs> That's the toughest bank in town right there, Chris. <laughs> it's a for instance. If Te- they give me money, you can get money anywhere. Yeah, no, I mean nowhere. Technically not. Gift funds are not allowed on investment property transactions. However, you know, if you plan ahead and get the money early enough, um, you know, it's just, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we got a text question. Do cities with terrible water quality affect the resale value of desirability of initially buying in those locations? Yeah, boy, I, it's hard not to. I mean, and that, that even with well water where you get a little skunky smell to the well water, even though it's healthy according to the testing uh, facilities, it's tough, man. I tell you, nobody wants to have smelly water. And it's it's one of those things where – I recommend, you know, you've heard all the commercials on the station here of the different companies that can provide that um, extra filtration. And I would really highly recommend looking at that before you would suggest or get your house up for sale just in, to avoid that. Yeah. All right. Tell you what, let's do our usual break time here. Invite our listeners to join in. If you have a question, a real estate question, 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. In the Twin Cities, little fog, little mist, 18 as our current temp, heading for 31 and expecting snow starting this afternoon. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on A3OWCCO. We have callers, we have texters, and uh, we still have time for your real estate questions by phone or text. There's a line open, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Let's go back to the phones, guys. Jay in Excelsior is next up here. Jay, what can we do for you? Hi, uh, I was listening. I listen to the program periodically. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've got a rental property, and people have told me to, for liability purposes, get it into an LLC, which is fine. Um, but I call. I have a mortgage on it, a conventional mortgage, and uh, I talked to the banker, and they said um, the bank really doesn't like LLCs. So, how do you finance them? That's a great question. Who wants to take that one on? Travis? Yeah, when you acquire a property in the name of an LLC, um, you have to go commercial financing. You're not going to be able to do uh, conventional financing at all. But, However, there's that conversion process, and we'll let, let, the, let yeah. the attorney answer. Because what, what sometimes happens is that people buy them through the conventional process, and then they'll deed them over to the LLC. Anton? That does happen um, often, and as generally speaking, as long as the owners of the LLC are the same as the previous owner um, of the property, you shouldn't have a problem with the due on sale clause. Um, but having said that, it you know if you, if it's a concern of yours, you know you should think about refinancing it. Um, you know your bank will take a personal guarantee if you do a commercial finance, which will be the same as your individual mortgages right now. Um, there's just not a lot of evidence of you know. Um, these up-to-date mortgages being called on the due on, sale, uh, due on sale clause because the property was sold. But having said that, if uh, if you want to be 100% sure, you're going to have to refi it. Yeah, and then so you got to do commercial financing yeah, refi with that it LLC. Conven- so, yeah. Or a commercial loan. 
kind of a kind of a negative little piece about that. So, what do we got else? No, no other tax questions, or is there some? I think there was another one. Um, wanted to know a good source for uh, um, doing credit. I think Anton, we were talking a little bit between the break that what you're finding some of your landlords are doing is not even running a background check. You know, they'll, uh, <laughs> these are all you know just uh, best practices, I suppose. But what I've heard um, lately is take a Take a small application fee. You know that'll weed out a lot of people right there on the front, even if it's twenty, thirty bucks on the front end. Um, and really, as long as you can get some employment references, um, that's what I've. That's the information I've gotten recently. Now, having yeah. said that, a lot of people do background checks, um, it, and they won't rent to people with criminal histories. I, but I think the thing is, you'll find is typically renters. Um, They've got a hit on their credit. There's something with that. I think it's looking for unlawful detainers and talking to past landlords. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing because if they're uh, you know destroying houses on their way to your house, the likelihood is they're going to probably destroy your house. Well, and people have life experiences happen, right? Tragedies and job losses and whatever else that create that outside of the rental environment history. But inside the rental world, you better pay your rent on time. No unlawful detainers. You better behave because otherwise if you ever want to get another rental property, you go to most people I know that do rentals. They look for that stuff. They don't care about if they have a, a criminal past or whatever. They look at how did they treat their landlord the last time. So Unlawful detainers is our number one thing. Oh, yeah. No question. 651-989-9226 or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. Back to the phones. Tony is calling from Perham, Minnesota. Go ahead, Tony. Thank you. Oh yeah, thanks. Thanks for the call. When, when my wife and I we bought our uh, first house together, and this was back in May of 2014, uh, we got an adjustable rate mortgage at the time, and it turned out to be you know a great great deal. It was a fixed for five years. It was FHA. I think our interest rate was like 2.75 or so. Uh, we ended up buying the next house. We sold that one and bought the next one with the same type of financing, and you know so. But then I was recently surprised. Uh, because there's a, a not that big of a difference between an adjustable rate and a fixed rate right now. And I was wondering, A, do you think adjustable rate mortgages are a good idea? And then B, why isn't there a, a big difference right now? Shouldn't adjustable rates always be lower than the fixed rate by a lot? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, um, there's been some compression in the markets here these days. Um, you know, we're seeing a spread between arms and fixed rates uh, shrink up. Um, we're seeing, uh, spreads between that, uh, 30 and the 15 shrink up, which, uh, it's, you know, that just kind of started happening here within the last, you know, six months, maybe. So I haven't really done all the research on, uh, uh, as to why, um, what was the, what was the first, what was the other question that he had? Well, I think it was. He said, "Shouldn't they be different, or why? You know, there should be a bigger difference a bigger between gap. what he did right. yeah, before." The, yeah, I think it's the compression. risk. If I was understanding what you're saying, it's basically we're taking the risk on as a, as a borrower, and we're saying, "Hey, we're willing to fluctuate to get a better deal now." So, shouldn't there be a almost like a penalty for getting oh. the locked rate versus the fluctuating? Oh, yeah, I remember what he said. He asked to, it's, if arms are a good way to go. Um, yeah, I think so. Depending on your situation, um, if uh, you know, if you if you have if you're going to be in the property for only a small period of time, if you can save out a little bit of interest rate, I mean, why not consider it? Um, and then if you're not going to be in the property for, or if you are going to be in the property for a long time, I mean, how much can you save? Um, do you do you see your income uh, projecting in the future to where you can, you know, maybe offset a little higher payment in the future? Um, so you can at least, in, 
you know, enjoy life a little bit better in the early years of that mortgage. So it, there's all but sorts of – What they of, did too was perfect. They went at two and three quarters. They all, they sold within a couple of years you know, because <laughs> it was only going to be a five-year fixed. I mean so that adjustable rate was perfect for them. Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Pat in Bloomington is calling in. Uh, Pat, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I had a question about – it's kind of an argument I'm having with the wife about uh, – spending money on expanding my garage. I have a 1955 Rambler, Bloomington Classic, you know, about 1,400 square feet with an attached garage. The attached garage doesn't have a walk-in into the house. It's attached, but you can't walk in. But uh, she's telling me we should make it a uh, four-car garage, extend it out, make it a four-car garage. Is there really any value in spending money on that? Or will I actually see a, re- a recovery on that when I try to sell the house in 10 years? She's trying to talk you into making a bigger wow. garage? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were going to go the opposite. We were going to have yeah. to go against her. <laughs> what a woman. Well, let's, let's think about that because, number one, I mean, it's a very unusual thing to have in Bloomington. Right. You know, and so that's an advantage to be For able sure. to have that. But I'll tell you what, it also kind of goes along with what you have inside your house as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that if you're going to, I mean, at some point it's like, okay, I'm going to put on 25000 for a garage. Not necessarily it'll add on 25000 if the inside doesn't support that. But – you know, you get that younger buyer, that young, you know, gentleman, if you will, that has the need for a garage and he'll buy the garage and live with what's inside the house. So there are times where when we sell stuff, especially up on Apex. But you have to justify it to the wife. Understood. Well, and I thought you were going to start with happy wife, happy life, which nope. makes sense. Nope. No, you don't. Nope. You don't. I do. <laughs> That's how every argument starts at our house. Um, the uh, conversation, excuse me, honey, I'm sorry. Um, the uh, As we go through this, you know, but garages are very valuable. Storage is valuable. We've talked about this. Multiple uh, purpose rooms. So maybe even not just adding the garage. Maybe you put the epoxy floor down. You insulate it. You actually can put make a it tiki a, bar off the back with seriously, open doors. I'm not. That's exactly what no. I was going. It can become a party room, an overflow for the holidays, whatever. Now you have a multiple purpose room that actually does add value in a lot of people's eyes instead of just a very specific audience. Yeah, and to me, that's that's a differentiator. You know, and you need differentiators sometimes when it gets into a, a tighter market. And or, you know, people justify that. We were talking about multiple offers earlier. All of a sudden they're at this house and my gosh, uh, you know, Lisa, I, I, I got a four-car garage. I mean, we have to go for it. it. It's the best thing ever and I'll take you on a trip. And then they start paying more for that stuff. So Yeah. It's how about that? garage, yeah. a trip and everything, huh? Yeah. And let's get it heated. It moves let's to get, many things. Let's <laughs> get a heated garage too. All right. Well, exactly. We're All right. Hey, Thank let's you, let Pat. everyone know how you can get a how to hold of Anton. PriorLakeLaw.com, 952-447-2131. Mr. Mortgage? TravisMNLoans.com. TravisMNLoans.com. What do you got? And you were asking me about which Parade models. My whole team has sent me texts. So we've got <laughs> Parade number 30. We have Mindy out in Plymouth. We have uh, 180. We have Jamie up in Blaine. We have number 200. We have uh, Georgia up in – or that's – excuse me. That's me up in Lionel Lakes. I better show up today. Um, 206 is Georgia. And then 230 is Nathaniel up in Forest Lake. The best team in the business. Go visit them today. Awesome. And if you guys uh, are looking at how to get your house on the market and what you got to do, get ready to sell, going to have a, a seminar at the Edina Library April 21st after the radio show. So. How about that? Yeah. So if they want to call, let us know. Can I come? And this, the spring preview is going on now, did yeah. you say? Yeah. Oh, those were those numbers I was right those are, That's a fun time of year. Yeah. It really is. All right. I guess we're uh, heading out of here. We'll catch up on the forecast. We'll see you guys back here next week with another edition of The Real Estate Show here on 830 WCC. A lot of folks wondering about today's weather and tonight and tomorrow's. We are expecting still one to three inches of snow today. 
uh, maybe another three to five inches overnight tonight. And then sunshine returns tomorrow and Monday. Right now in the Twin Cities, it's 18 degrees. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.